Hello and welcome to another episode of Ray's Rants. This time all about children's toys. I know in the past I've covered games and hobbies, bits and pieces like that, but children's toys back in the 50s. Do you know they were mainly made of wood? Well, you will know that if you're old like me. Wood and tin. I showed my grandchildren, I was talking about this the other day, and I showed them a tobacco tin. And I said, this is what toys used to be made out of, sort of tin stuff. And they couldn't believe it. They said, what, everything, like cars, toy cars. I said, yes, toy cars, trains, uh, spinning tops. They didn't know what a spinning top was, but all made out of tin plate. It was all stamped out in machines, wasn't it? And they had little tags. Do you remember a little tag would go through a slot and be folded and you could unfold it. I used to do this, unfold the little metal tags and you could take, say it's a, a toy steam engine, you could take it to bits. You could take the top of the boiler off, the two sides came off the sort of chassis, the bottom plate, and you could take the whole thing to bits and put it all back together if you could be bothered. I remember doing that and of course the tags broke off and then you couldn't put it back together. And a lot of other toys were made from wood. I suppose wood was cheap and plentiful and it was dead easy to make all sorts of things, toy cars, trains. I remember a train set, uh, the, the, this must have been the 60s, the track was plastic, but the trains, the, the little carts, uh, not carts, you know, the, uh, the trucks and the rest of it, were made out of wood and they had a little eyelet like curtain hooks, <laughs> not curtain hooks, those little screw-in eyelets for net curtains, you know, for the, the runner for net curtains. They had those on, on the end of each one to couple it all together and then you could just run it round the track yourself. When I said I was showing the grandchildren the other day, that was on video, of course. Uh, what was it? Not, not Skype, not Zoom. So I don't know. FaceTime, was it? I don't know. I get confused. There are so many platforms which, of course, we didn't have in the 50s, did we? Didn't have all this. You had a telephone if you were lucky. Do people have net curtains these days? You know, the little, the sort of stretchy stuff you put across with the hooks at each end. Then you thread the wire thing through, don't you? Plastic coated wire. We've got net curtains. I'm just looking out in the street now. Do you know, most people haven't. In the old days, everyone had net curtains. Now it's they have blinds, don't they? And other weird things. But I don't know that I could cope with that. What we do with the net curtains is stick them in the, wash, in the washing machine once a year. That does the trick. You've got to have something at the window, especially the front of the house where you've got people walking past. At night in the bedroom, we, have, we don't draw the curtains, we have them open. We've got nets. If I had my way, I wouldn't have net curtains. I like to see the sky. I like to lay in bed and see the sky. At night, you see the stars, the moon, it's good. The odd police helicopter whizzing round the place which can be quite noisy. Do you know, you don't see any planes anymore. I listen to the planes on my radio, the aeroplanes. I've got a, a scanner thing that I can listen to the planes. And on my iPad, I've got a, an app that shows you where planes are. It's quite interesting. I look up the road on the map at Gatwick and you see one come out of Gatwick, have a listen to what he's, what he's doing, where, where he's going. And I can see him on the map. It's quite good. And of course, we've got Shoreham Airport down the road. And I can listen to them. They'll say, oh, you know, just coming over Littlehampton, heading over Worthing Pier or just over Brighton now and whatever. Quite interesting. But no, I don't think a lot of people these days have net curtains. I suppose they're, they're deemed to be old fashioned, aren't they? But I do like old fashioned stuff. I like the old toys, the tin toys and the wooden toys 
from the good old days, from the 1950s, when I was a boy. Now that reminds me, saying when I was a boy, in those days uh, we had boys and girls, boys and girls toys. Can you say that? Am I, I'll get arrested, won't I? If I say boys and girls, what are we meant to say now? Young people, I think. <laughs> young persons, young humans is probably safe. But looking back then, you know, I, I hear all this stuff on the news and the media and the rest of it these days. And I look back to when I was a child in the 50s. Girls had prams and dolls and boys had kind of tool sets, you know, a hammer and stuff like that made out of wood. Or boys would have Meccano. Meccano was good, wasn't it? Build all sorts of things. And the girls had dolls' houses and dolls and prams and dressing up things. You can't do that these days. I mean, if I debt, well, I'll probably be arrested, as I said already. I'll get reported to the whatever it is, Boy and Girl Discrimination Act or something. <laughs> but we did. I mean, if, you know, if my sister wanted to play with the Meccano, well, she was quite welcome to. No one said, oh, you can't play with the Meccano set because you're a girl. And presumably, if I, were <laughs> if I wanted to push her pram down the street with her doll inside the pram, then <laughs> I don't suppose anyone would stop me. Possibly people would have frowned at that. Do you think they would? Girls wore frocks, didn't they? Frocks, what those shoes, sandals or Mary Janes and, and white socks. And the boys wore, well, earlier on, we wore shorts and perhaps a grey shirt, grey shorts and a grey shirt with braces, socks that were meant to be up to the knee but was always fallen down and some, I don't know, old shoes. <laughs> old shoes. Because they got scuffed and things, because you know, boys were always on the ground, weren't they? They were either kneeling on the pavement or sitting on the curb or crawling around the, the ground somewhere in the mud. Whereas girls didn't tend to do that. I'm discriminating, aren't I? This is dreadful. I'm going to lose all my listeners. You'll be saying you can't talk about young human beings like that. You can't <laughs> differentiate between boys and girls. Oh, no, stop it. Let's not go on to that. Let's go back to toys. Dolls' houses. Now, they were good. Dolls. I remember my sister's doll's house. I, mean, I was interested in that because that wasn't necessarily a girl's thing, was it? It was a house with furniture which was quite interesting. And you could, you could some of the expensive dolls' houses had little lights in them. They were basically torch bulbs, weren't they, with a battery somewhere. But they were really good. You could get all sorts of furniture, you know, a little television, a little sofa and bed and all sorts of stuff. They were really interesting. And of course, the front of the dolls' house would open, wouldn't it? I remember one friend of mine, his sister, I was around his house, his sister had a huge dolls' house. It must have been, what, four feet across? Uh, and I don't know about the depth, a couple of feet, and probably at least two feet high, if not more, with the roof, probably three feet high. A huge house. You, know, you could almost get in it. Well, not quite. But that was interesting. And he, he was the chap that had the train set. I might have mentioned him before. He Well, it was his dad's. They had a big house and this huge spare room. It was all set out as a train set. It was boarded all over. You had to crawl along the floor and then come up in the middle, a big hole cut out in the middle, made out of chipboard or something, I think. And I think there was a, a little gap round the outside in case you needed to get round there somewhere. But that was fantastic. I've never seen a train set like it. Absolutely amazing. Thinking about it, if a boy, okay, is growing up and he sees his sister's doll's house, he might want to be a builder. So he would, 
<laughs> he would take an interest in the kind of structure of the house, wouldn't he? And the roof and how it's all made. So, yes, you could have boys interested in dolls' houses without any pro- <laughs> without any problems. Oh, dear. Oh, let's go back to net curtains. No, not net curtains. Curtain twitchers. They're, they are the... Do you know, I have seen them. Do you have curtain twitchers where you live? People that, they just twitch the net curtains as they're spying. They're normally old ladies. Am I allowed to say that? Or is that discriminatory in some... I said it, discriminatory. I said it, a big word. <laughs> is that all right? To say that uh, curtain twitchers are usually old ladies. Perhaps they're old men as well. Is it all right to say old? We don't have any curtain twitches here. Well, actually we do, there's me. I'm always checking up on the neighbours. I have a look out in the street, see who's doing what. Oh, look, he's off again. Oh, where's she going? Oh, she's probably going shopping. (laughs) So I'm the curtain twitcher. But uh, going back to toys again, um, as I say, I was talking to the grandchildren on video and they didn't know what a spinning top was. Do you remember the spinning tops? Uh, No, not the wooden tops. That was a TV programme. The spinning tops. Actually, that was a band, wasn't it? A group. What did they sing? No, these were made out of tin and there was a handle on the top that you kind of pump and it would spin and spin and they would hum because they were sometimes called humming tops, I think. If you made it go fast enough, you couldn't do it on the carpet. You had to do it on like the tiled floor. Marley tiles. Do you remember Marley tiles? They were all the rage in the 50s, weren't they? Marley tiles. Or do it on floorboards or a hard floor. Parquet. Our friend of mine had parquet flooring. I was impressed. Really nice. All up his hallway and uh, the landing upstairs. All parquet. Real genuine stuff. You know, not not this glue down, nail down chipboard with uh, wallpaper pictures on it that you get today. So the humming tops, you get it going fast enough and it's whizzing round and it had holes in the side and with the airflow it would just go kind of... Mm, well, not quite like that, but you know spinning tops they're probably worth a fortune now in those days everyone had one a friend of mine had one his was bigger and better than mine which wasn't fair mine didn't hum mine was just a top and he had this big thing that hummed like mad it was fantastic i remember how old would i have been six or seven I remember having tin toys and it said underneath on them empire made and i used to wonder where, where's this empire and I, I had an atlas i looked <laughs> i looked it up in the atlas A, B, C, D, E, there are E, Empire. No, there's no country called Empire. Of course, I now know what it was, Empire made. I remember older people, adults, saying, oh, made in Hong Kong, oh, that's rubbish. (laughs) Don't ever buy anything made in Hong Kong. Most of the toys that Woolworth sold, do you remember Woolies? They were made in Hong Kong. I suppose they were sort of cheap imports, I don't know. But, I mean, they were all right. Yes, they fell apart, some of them, I suppose, toys do now well these days everything's made in china but i do remember that empire made or it would say on it foreign that was all just foreign i mean what does that mean foreign (laughs) some of the valves when i went uh, later in life to be tv engineer some of the valves it would say made by mullard or mazda and it would say underneath foreign and i used to wonder what that you know i know what it means it means they're foreign but we know why not put um i don't know germany or (laughs) Or whatever. You know, the, the country that she came Why just put foreign? That's a bit odd, isn't it? Plus they're trying to hide something. I had a lot of fun making my own toys, as a lot of my friends did. We make our own stuff. You know, go-karts, you know, pram wheels, 
I mean, it wasn't a toy as well. It was a toy, wasn't it? Uh, they're called trolleys, aren't they? It depends where you come from in the UK. I don't know about abroad, but they were called trolleys or go-karts. Um, what else? I can't remember what else they were called. And, of course, a friend of mine, again, there was always one, wasn't there? There's always one friend whose dad was some sort of mechanical genius. And he made this go-kart thing, this trolley, with a, a steering wheel and actual proper steering linkage to the front. You know, we had a bit of rope across the, the crossbar bit where the front wheels were. We just had a loop of rope. You, know, you pull left or right, depending on which way you wanted to go. And if you were lucky, it didn't roll over and you know, graze your knees and bash your head. But this one boy, he had all this proper steering wheel and a proper handbrake and all this nonsense. And posh pram wheels, whereas we got our pram wheels from the tip. <laughs> the tip was the ideal place for getting parts to make go-karts, trolleys, and loads of other stuff, of course. You could get what you wanted up there, up at the tip. Bits of wood, bits of metal, all sorts of stuff. Great fun. Pra yeah, pram wheels, of course. And I remember, here's a thing, talking of toys, I remember this. Um, I'll tell you why. Recently, our little nephew, he's, uh, how old is he? Four? I can't, or five, I don't know. They wanted to get him a metal car. You remember the metal pedal car? You sit in it little steering wheel with the pedals and you go do, 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 and it goes along and you know we've been looking on ebay the whole family we're keeping an eye on ebay 150 quid 200 quid 250 pounds and we're thinking what what's going on here we all had them as kids well us older ones had them as kids i remember my pedal car used to get left out in the rain it went rusty in the end it goes to the tip i remember seeing pedal cars at the tip and in those days when you could just take stuff and you weren't taken to court for stealing. <laughs> you could just take them. Had I known then what I know now, there again, I've said this before, some radio equipment that was sort of ten shillings, you know, 30 bob in the army surplus store. Now it's worth hundreds. But where would I have stored it all? All these metal cars, though, the pedal cars, had I collected all those from the tip, because they were always there. It was a, a common sight to see pedal cars dumped up the tip, rusted, dented. And of course, some of the ones that for sale on uh, eBay and other, I'm not allowed to mention that, I, uh, auction sites, that's right, oh dear. Don't know what's happened to the world. Some of these uh, auction sites that have these cars on, the metal pedal cars, they're rusty and dented. But of course, all you've got to do is have them sandblasted or do it yourself, get the dents out, give it a respray, off you go, brand new, worth hundreds of pounds. As I say, I wish I'd known then what I know now. I'd have been up the tip every day. Well, I was up the tip every day as a kid. Great fun. Get on your bike. <laughs> cycle over to the tip. We also had a, not far from the tip, a car dump, you know, a second-hand car place. And you could go over there. You have to take your own tools. So you go over there with your toolbox. You'd wander around. The cars were stacked on top of each other. Probably three high, something like that. Highly dangerous. I don't know what health and safety would have said. Well, they'd have closed the place down. But you're wandering about. You're thinking, right, I've got a, uh, I don't know, let's say a, a Morris Oxford and I want a, a dynamo. You wander along this muddy, oily track. You have to, you have to wear wellies. Always wear wellies to the car dump. And hello, there's, look, there's a Morris Oxford. That'll do. And it might be at the bottom of the pile of three cars. You have to be a bit careful. They had the bonnets open, if I remember rightly, and then you'd 
dump your toolbox, get your spanners out and start unbolting whatever it was you wanted, which was great. And you then go to the office, which was normally a shed, with some big bloke in it, covered in oil. All right, mate, or what? What you got there? <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I get told off again. You'll think I'm a snob, don't you know? And you just say, oh, yeah, I've got a dyno. Yeah, a couple of quid, all right. Yeah, OK. <laughs> Give us a fiver. But it was great. You know, the people that owned the car dump, all they had to do was dump the cars there, pile them up. And I remember when I was there, people would drive up actually drive up in a car you know what you give me for this nothing nothing mate we don't buy them we just take them oh of course what does the chap do he drives it home again or oh well there it is there's the keys and i've seen that happen several times many occasions people would drive in with a car how much you give me for this nothing you can leave it here if you want if not take it away so they got the cars for nothing because they had all the land i suppose they paid rent did they rented the land i don't know but the land wouldn't have been any use for anything agricultural after that, <laughs> covered in uh, oil, petrol and diesel. It was just some pools of oil in the mud everywhere. It was, I don't know what that did to the water table. Because in those days, people didn't bother about the water table, did they? If you got oily, <laughs> if the people living nearby had kind of oily water <laughs> coming out of their taps, they'd probably think, oh, that's all right, that's from the car dump, run the tap a minute, it'll, it'll soon clean up. No, it wasn't the car dump. It was the breaker's yard. I was trying to think while I was rabbiting. What was it called? It was the breaker's yard. And most people went over on a Sunday because, you know, you're working all the week, including Saturdays for most people. So on a Sunday, there's all sorts of people there wandering around in boiler suits with, you know, lugging toolboxes and lugging around starter motors and dynamos and things. I got a fuel pump there for... My Morris Thousand, Morris uh, Thousand Traveller I had. God, that was a, the wood on that was all rotting. But the fuel pump went. The, do you remember those? They'd go tick, 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 tick. <laughs> do you remember those fuel pumps? I can't remember what the chap charged me for it. 30 bob or something. Probably not even that. Probably five shillings. I can't remember. I don't know what year that would have been. Oh, probably a couple of quid for a fuel pump. But it was a great place. People would meet up there. <laughs> they didn't take sandwiches there and a flask of coffee, you know, sit, sit in an old car having your sarnies and your coffee for lunch while you your oily hands, oily sandwiches, especially their white bread all covered in oil and thumb marks. <laughs> I remember going fishing. I don't like fishing. But you put these maggots on the hook, which was disgusting. And then eat your sandwiches with sort of maggot juice. Or, no, let's not. They're probably eating a dinner or something. Sorry, apologise about that. Another one of my toys, was it a toy that I liked, uh, was my tricycle, you know, my little three-wheeler bike. That was fantastic. Now, this girl who lived a few doors along from us, she had a better trike than my one. Hers was posh. I forget what the difference was, but hers was a lot better. than It did things that mine wouldn't. And I, I remember her mother used to shout out, your glass of milk's ready. I used to say, glass of milk? What do you want a glass of milk for? And we had Ribena, we had proper drinks not a glass of milk. She went in one day to have her milk and I nicked her bike. Well, I didn't nick it. I, I had a go on her tricycle. It was great. It, it went faster than mine. I don't know why it went faster. Perhaps the wheels were bigger or it was geared a bit differently. You know, the, the chain, the sprockets were different size or something. And the steering was better. Hers, that was one thing. Her bike, if you let go of the handlebars, it would naturally 
go in a straight line, whereas mine would just go all over the place and roll over. So her steering naturally sort of centred on a straight line. It, it was obviously the way the um, the forks... It, what is it? There's camber, caster, and something else, isn't there? Anyway, it was the way that was a camber, caster. I don't know about steering geometry. I, I can't remember. But the tricycles, again, you could see those up the tip. You'd often see them up at the tip. And you've only got to take you know, half a dozen of them home because there are always loads there. And out of that lot, you could probably build four or five really good ones. Of course, these days, I dread to think what the price of kids' tricycles, you know, the genuine 1950 ones, I don't know what they'd be price-wise, probably highly collectible. I just remembered it was camber, caster and toe, wasn't it? Toe in or toe out. Anyway, we don't want to worry ourselves with that. So going back to 1950s toys, we had the pedal cars and the tricycles. They were great. Roller skates, of course. They were really popular. Just about every kid in the street was whizzing up and down on roller skates. And scooters, metal, you know, made out of metal scooters. Again, this sort of tin plate stuff, but a bit thicker, obviously. A bit thicker than the tobacco tin. Otherwise, you'd stand on the scooter and it would bend in half. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, scooters. There were a lot of toys, if they are toys, like bicycles and cars and scooters that were used outside. A lot of things were made for outside use, roller skates. What else was there we played? Well, footballs, of course. I mean, footballs have been around forever, haven't they? Marbles. Marbles were great fun. And again, mainly a boys' game. I, I don't know why. I mean, I, I'm not being you know, sexist or whatever it's called these days. But boys played marbles. I suppose some girls did. Boys used to collect cigarette cards. We call them fag cards in those days. And yeah, boys collected cigarette cards. I don't think girls did. I don't know what people would say these days, but girls had toy... Well, I think you can still get them, can't you? Toy kitchens. You know, the cooker and the sink and the, the cupboards and all your pots and pans. I'm surprised they're allowed to sell that sort of thing because they are... That's implying that you're, <laughs> you're training young girls to grow up to slave away in the kitchen, do the cooking and all the washing up and stuff. <laughs> Dear, where's all this going to end? I don't, mind you, that's probably a boy's toy as well, isn't it? I expect these kitchen things, these plastic cookers they sell with ovens that light up and that, and vacuum cleaners, toy vacuum cleaners. I remember one of the grandchildren had a toy, um, what was it, a Dyson, I think, a toy Dyson vacuum cleaner. I believe it worked or it made a noise. Now, is that a girl's toy or a boy's toy? See, we didn't have this in my day in the 50s. We, no one had to worry. Everyone just did what they like. There was no, no one had a problem with girls' toys and boys' toys. And if they wanted to swap, they'd swap. Something that would be frowned upon these days, we had sweet cigarettes. Do you remember those like white sticks with a little pink end on it and you, you pretend to smoke? You know, when you're like six or seven years old, walk around going, <sighs> pretending to smoke a sweet cigarette. If that isn't encouraging kids to smoke, I don't know what is. And there were other cigarettes that did actually smoke. You could get them from the joke shop. You know, the, the joke and trick shop where you could buy all these weird uh, blow-up balloons that sounded like things. <laughs> and you could buy these toy, they were basically toy cigarettes that actually smoked on the end. And you stick that in your mouth, it looked like you were smoking. 
and pipes as well. I remember the pipes, you know, blowing bubbles, how they do with these things. You could get bubble pipes. So it looks like you're smoking a pipe, but there's bubbles coming out of the bowl rather than, than smoke. I mean, that sort of thing, I do agree, that would possibly encourage children later on to try smoking, as we all did, of course, in those days, when we all got to, what, 12, 13 years old. You're at the big school, and there's older kids that smoked, and, you know, you try a cigarette. You could buy, you could buy five Park Drive. Do you remember in the sweet shop, five Park Drive cigarettes? And you could actually buy one. They'd have a bowl of cigarettes, and you could take one, just buy one cigarette. <laughs> oh dear, happy days. Ten woodbine, please, and a box of matches. I remember doing that at about kind of 12 years old, and it was awful. It would stink and you'd choke and cough, but you looked big. That was the thing. We looked like men. Truth were known, we looked like complete idiots. Talking of things uh, looking like they're light and smoking, do you remember toy cars, you'd push it, wouldn't you, on the on the carpet, go vroom, 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 build up the speed of the motor and then let go and it would whiz across the room. They had a, a flywheel in, basically. It was a clockwork thing. No, not clockwork, that was just flywheel. The clockwork ones, you put on the carpet, pull the car back, reverse it for a yard or so, that would wind up the clockwork mechanism, let go, and it would then whiz across the room. And I had a toy train and sparks used to come out of the funnel. And being inquisitive, I wanted to know how that worked. Where did these sparks come from? So I took the thing to bits. It was tin plate again, you know, tin, all made out of tin. So I could undo it, unfold the little tags and take the thing to bits. And inside was a wheel, a metal wheel that was all rough. Inside there was a flint, like a cigarette lighter flint. So as the wheel whizzed round, sparks would come off the flint and fly up the chimney. <laughs> So that was how it worked. There are also, um, I remember, racing cars that would have sparks coming out of the back of them or something. But a lot of toys then were clockwork. You know, you have the key and you wind it up. I remember there was a, was it a monkey? You've probably all seen this. A, a monkey made out of, again, sort of tin plate. And he's got, he's sitting there all dressed up with a couple of symbols in his hands. And you wind him up and he bash the symbols together and jump up and down, or whatever he did. Everything was clockwork back then, or the yeah, friction, wasn't it? Friction motors or something. Uh, I think that's what, yeah, you wind up, get it going with the speed, and the flywheel would keep it going inside, like a racing car or a toy train or something. But there weren't all these batteries. I mean, Christmas now, look at Christmas now, if you've got kids, you need about 50 pounds worth of batteries, and they don't, <laughs> they don't last five minutes. And of course, rechargeable batteries are all right, but they're expensive. Then you've got to have the charger. Then you've lost it. Then you've lost the lead. Mind you, a lot of things now are five volts, aren't they? You plug your phone, you know, plug the toy into your phone charger, your phone adapter thing, and that'll charge it. But there were no batteries used back then. It was all, all clockwork or friction stuff, as I say. And really nothing to go wrong. It, the toys didn't go wrong. I suppose there was hardly anything in them apart from the clockwork part. Something else I used to take apart as a kid were teddy bears, because if you hold them up one way and then put them the other way, they go, <laughs> well, not quite like that, but they make a noise. And dolls did as well. They, they made a crying noise. So, of course, I had to take them to bits to have a look. Dolls were made out of a kind of 
rubbery material, weren't they? If you were a nasty brother, you could sort of stand on your sister's doll and crush it, but it would bounce back into shape. So I don't know what that material was. Of course, previous to that, they were, well, later they had dolls with batteries in, didn't they, in the 60s, 70s, was it? And a record, an actual record that <laughs> that would play, I don't know, something like crying or say, feed me or whatever it said. <laughs> change, change my nappy diaper in America. That's a funny difference, isn't it? A lot of differences in the English language, you know, diaper and nappy things. Anyway, we're not going down that road. We'll do another podcast episode all about diapers and nappies. No, we won't actually. That's not a good idea. But dolls previous to whenever this rubbery material came out were made of, was it china or porcelain? If you dropped it, it would break, it would shatter. And they are worth a lot of money these days. But they look scary. I've seen uh, dolls in, uh, where was that? I went to a museum somewhere. They had some really old dolls in there kind of you know, more than 100 years old and they look frightening they're really scary their eyes watch you as you're walking around the museum and their faces they made them look so real but real in a frightening way I do remember finding a little record in a doll with a little stylus that went on it to actually play the sound uh, you know like the old 78s so the record would whiz round and then there's a, like a needle on it with a little diaphragm for the sound and you'd hear it crying. Of course, these days you talk to the doll and it talks back to you. It's all computerised, isn't it? It's had a good. <laughs> it's had a good idea. Depends what you. I suppose you mustn't swear at the doll. I think I'd experiment. I'd probably swear at it. I do that with Alexa, just for fun. <laughs> I swear at it. Imagine if I'd been a kid in these days, this day and age. You know, I'd be swearing at the Alexa thing. I'd be. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I think. Did I have more fun then as a child in the 50s than children do in this day and age? I had an email recently from Katie. Thank you, Katie. She's in her late 20s and she was wondering from what I've said whether she would have preferred it then to be a child back in the 50s rather than when she was in, well, whatever 20-something years ago is. And her conclusion was really that she reckons it was better fun then there were a lot of things that weren't as good. In the winter, we'd freeze. There was no central heating. You had a coal fire in the lounge. No other room in the house was heated. So you go to bed, you had to wrap up. You were freezing cold. You wake up in the morning, there's ice on the inside of the window, not just the outside, the inside. You know, you were freezing. You get out of the bath. Monday, no, Sunday night was bath night. You get out of the bath, big towel round you, rush through to the lounge and stand by the coal fire because you were literally shivering with the cold. So I don't know, I don't know, Katie, whether you would have preferred it then. I don't know, it's difficult to say, isn't it? You certainly would have been cold in the winter, that's for sure. When I mentioned swearing at the doll, I, <laughs> I should have explained. These dolls, I've seen our granddaughter's dolls, they, you can speak to it and it will repeat what you said and they do all this talking to you. So it'll actually repeat what you've said. I think if I'd been a, a boy, you know, a kid, uh, in this day and age, I, I would have sworn at the doll to see if it repeated what I'd said to it. <laughs> I'm sure boys do that with their sister's dolls these days. I'm sure they do. Talking of cigarette cards earlier, 
as I said, we used to call them fag cards. I suppose you can't do that these days. Fag cards? You can't. And your cigarettes were fags. Oh, give us a fag. <laughs> Transistor radios were known as trannies. You know, bring your tranny with you. <laughs> you can't say that these days. But there we are. One of my favourite toys, well, it wasn't a toy as such. It was a gyroscope. Do you remember gyroscopes? You get a bit of string, whiz this flywheel thing round, which was in a kind of globe metal cage thing, and you could just stand it on the end of a pencil, for example. And it would just whiz round and it just slowly and it would stay there. Gyroscope, fantastic bit of kit. Now that was educational, that wasn't just a toy, it was an educational toy, I suppose. But of course in the 50s there wasn't plastic as such. You would, these days everything's made of plastic. Back then it wasn't, that's why I've mentioned all the wooden toys, the tin toys. We weren't surrounded by plastic back then. Wooden bricks, they were another thing for little ones. I remember having wooden bricks. I was less than five years old because that's when we moved away from this particular bungalow we were in. And I had wooden bricks I was playing with by the coal fire. And they had pictures on, you know, like, a, I don't know what the pictures were, ABC and stuff like that. And one by one, I was chucking, <laughs> chucking these bricks onto the coal fire. And of course, they were burning and making flames. And I was thinking, this is great fun. Till my mum came in and stopped me. Another favourite toy, I believe it belonged to my grandfather, was an electric train set. And it was a three rail type, you know, the two running rails and then the rail in the middle for the, the pickup. For the, um, I think it was a 20 volt, a 20 volt transformer, I can't remember. But that was great. And there were signals and things all lit up. Everything had little lights in the signal box, had a little bulb in it. Fantastic. And a big steam engine and then all the, the coaches. That was a fantastic bit of kit. A big, I think, what are the rails? The outer rails must have been, I don't know, an inch and a half apart, if not two inches apart. So that was really good. And there were lots of, lots of accessories with it. I remember points, as I say, signal box signals. Oh, a level crossing with the little gates that would close. And I think that lit up the two oil lamps on the gates. Uh, yeah, that, that lit up, I'm pretty sure. It was, it was quite an intricate bit of kit, actually. I enjoyed that. Oh, and something else at Christmas were annuals, you know, children's annuals, like the Beano. Do you remember the Beano comics, the Dandy comics, Eagle? And at Christmas, the annuals would come out. So I had the Beano annual. And I think the girls had, uh, what was it, Jackie? You remember girls listening to this. You had Jackie, didn't you? And whatever else it was, I can't remember. Because I didn't take... <laughs> I didn't take much notice of the girls' annuals. But they were great fun. I think that was one of the best Christmas presents, getting the Beano or Dandy annual. Because there's loads of stuff in there you can read. A lot of it was comic strip. But there was also, uh, you know, just print without pictures, stories like that. And it was really interesting. Fantastic to get that. Because I had the Beano and Dandy comics delivered. Uh, one was Tuesday, one was Thursday, I think. An early morning... That would come through the letterbox. You know, oh, terrific. And spend ages reading that rather than getting ready for school, which didn't go down too well, of course. So, yeah, it's good fun, isn't it? Interesting looking back at the old days uh, when we were kids in the 50s. Uh, I was born in 51, so I don't know much about, obviously, the 40s, the war years. But I've heard other, you know, my mum and other people talk about them. Grandparents would talk about the war years. So... 
can't have been much fun for kids, especially being evacuated like they were. I mean, that must have been awful, saying goodbye to your little ones on the railway platform. You know, perhaps sort of three, four years old. They got their little bags and stuff and they're getting on the train and that's it. They're off. You know, you're not going to see them for goodness knows how long. That must have been dreadful, you know, for the kids as well, but for the parents. Oh, they were dark days, of course, weren't they? Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I've had my hair cut. Well, yeah, dare I tell you this? It's a bit of a, I won't say it's a hair cut, it's a hair hack. I've had my hair hacked. Two of uh, my daughters, right, youngest and middle, we were outside, so it's okay, we were outside, not in the house, and all had masks on and all that sort of thing. One's got the electric clippers and one's got scissors. So they're sort of taking turns <laughs> to do my hair, which was getting incredibly long. I I really was beginning to look like a hippie. It was dreadful. I mean, I love hippies. I was a hippie in the 60s. I had the beard and the moustache, you know, the long hair, really long hair, the flowers and all that stuff. Do you remember that? Oh, happy days. So they hacked my, <laughs> my hair and the comment at the end, one of them said, um, that bit at the back needs blending in a bit. And I said, no, no, we'll leave that. And the other one said, it's okay, you can always wear a hat. Because so, <laughs> I'm thinking, what does the back look like? You're blending in a bit, you can always wear a hat. Oh, oh another comment was, well, at least you don't go out a lot these days because of lockdown. <laughs> Just as well, I can't go out looking like this. It doesn't look too bad. Well, it does look too bad, actually. It looks like they put a, a basin on my head and kind of shaved round it. <laughs> oh, there we are. It doesn't matter. It was it was ridiculously long, so at least it... I don't know what the hairdresser's going to say. My barber chap, when he opened... When does he open? Is it... I don't know. Where, where are we? April. He opens... Is it end of this month or next month? No, we're not April, are we? I don't know where we are. January, February, March. No, we're, yeah, March, aren't we? Goodness me, I don't know where we are. It's the middle of March. So when he finally opens and I get round there, he's going to say, what on earth have you done to your hair? He'll have a fit. Mind you, I would imagine that most people have hacked their hair, certainly the front, you know, where it's grown all over your eyes. Most people would hack that off or get someone, <laughs> get someone to hack it off. I bet he, he knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen when people walk into his shop with hair all over the place tufts of it cut off and bits missing is probably <laughs> probably prepared for that my sister-in-law saw her this morning she dropped something off and uh, I showed her I said look at the back she said I look like Friar Tuck do you remember Friar Tuck in uh, Robin Hood wasn't it Friar Tuck you know, the the monk in the um, robe and stuff she said they should have shaved the middle bit on top to make it bald so I'd look just like Friar Tuck I don't know, it's funny, isn't it? But as I say, I reckon a lot of people, when they first go to the hairdresser for the first time in... Well, when did I last go there? Do you know, I can't remember. I last went there... Is it? No, it's not a year. Because I think lockdown, there was a gap, wasn't there? And I did go around there. And he said then that a lot of people had hacked their hair, so even be even worse this time. When I was a child, my dad cut my hair. Do you know, it was awful. People used to laugh at me at school, but he cut it. It was dreadful. I don't know how he... He just kind of got these hand clippers, you know, mechanical clippers, and just shaved all the sides and that. And I had kind of a, a lump on top. 
But what I was going to say was, I didn't have an action man. Do you remember action man? I think they probably didn't come out till I was older. But I didn't have any of the things like that. What was the girls? Thing? Oh, that was the Barbie doll, wasn't it? There was Barbie doll and something else. See, again, we're back to boys and girls, but that's how it was then. You know, they were boys and girls. I don't know what they are now. What did I say earlier? Small humans or something. Small people. Little people. Lilliput. Gulliver's Travels. That was a good book. I remember my grandmother reading that to me. I like Gulliver's Travels. But I didn't have the action men and these... What were the, our Tonka toys, weren't they? Tonka toys. Do you remember those? They were... I think they were metal. They made big trucks and sort of building site... Uh, machinery and stuff like that big trucks they were good fun for boys but that was all after my time because that wasn't in the 50s of course but yeah the girls they had dolls and they had barbie yeah the barbie doll thing uh with all the clothes you could change her clothes depending on where she was going you know she had a bikini and then a an evening dress well you probably remember all this i only do because who was it had one actually i don't think it was my sister i'm thinking when i was older yeah, I'm thinking of when I was older and, and then my friend's kids, uh, yes, they had them. So there were the, the annuals for girls and boys and then there were the toys. Listen to that. Can you hear that in the street now? Every week, I don't know what's going on, every week there's machinery and stuff, there's holes being dug in the road, people sawing, people drilling. I don't know what's going on. I was trying to think of the other doll. There was Barbie doll, Cindy. That was it, Cindy doll. Now, one of, wasn't one of them American? I think Barbie was British and Cindy was American. And they were competing. I think that's it. And of course, then later they had... What were those other... To not Tamaguchi. What were those toys, those little things you had to keep alive? Uh, they had batteries in, didn't they? And you had to keep the... I can't remember the name of the silly little things... Because my son, he said, oh, look after that. And I let it die. And he, he got home from school and he was really like, oh, no, he's sad. You've murdered it. You've murdered. Not, well, no, not um, Pocahontas. That was something else. I can't remember. Not Tamaguchi. Well, that's probably perfume, isn't it? I've no idea. I don't take any of this stuff in. You know, I see adverts on the telly. Or I used to see adverts for all these bits and pieces. I never really retained any of it in my memory. But I will find out what those little things were. They were little... You had to feed it, didn't you? And it had to sleep and you had to look after it. I mean, it was only a battery-driven lump of rubbish. But the kids loved them. It was Tamagotchi, wasn't it? Or Tamagotchi. Furby. That rings a bell. Furby. Yes, you had to keep the damn thing alive. But, of course, that's far more... When was that? That must have been the 70s, 80s. As I said, back in my day, nothing was computerised. Nothing had a battery. We didn't even have toy telephones. You know, later on, kids had toy telephones, didn't they? And you could, you know, you could kind of ring a bell and talk to each other on these phones, joined up with a piece of wire in different rooms. Of course, then later on, they had walkie-talkies, as they've got now, the PMR 446 walkie-talkies. I mean, that's great. I used to see on the TV American programmes... I don't know, like Lassie. Do you remember Lassie? And some of the kids had walkie-talkies. And it was fantastic. I was thinking, oh, look at that. They've got walkie Yeah, you Because know, I was into radio. I really wanted walkie-talkies. Never had any. 
Well, not till I was a lot older, anyway. The kids use them now, you know, on 446. I listen to them because I've got a couple of friends that aren't licensed radio amateurs. So we chat on what's called PMR 446. And on there, there's school teachers, uh, crane drivers, building site people, uh, offices, well, you name it, they're all on there. Uh, and you know, a friend of mine, I think there's, there's now 16 channels and we chat on there sometimes. But of course, you get, all, you get all the children on there. I mean, they're terrific toys. I sometimes hear people that go to a local park and you've got the mum or the dad talking to the kids. You know, they've all got these little walkie-talkies. So, yeah, great fun. Thinking about it, those Furby or Tamaguchi things, they must have been the 90s, 1990s, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, oh, they're off out in the street again, doing something, drilling a hole. Yeah, they must have been the 90s. Anyway, we're talking about the 50s. So in the 50s, were nothing like that. But the toys we had were great fun. You know, the, the spinning tops and making your own stuff. Wooden trains, wooden cars, the tin toys. It was all good fun. Jigsaw puzzles, of course. Meccano. Meccano was great fun. Did you hear that creaky? There's something that keeps creaking. I don't know whether it's my desk or my chair. Perhaps it's me. Oh, there's an email. That's probably someone complaining about the creaking on the podcast episodes. No, I don't know. I'll have a look at that in a minute. But yeah, that must have been the 90s. The Tamagoot. What are they? I forget what they call it. Furby things. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, we had the tin toys. There, was, there wasn't anything plastic as far as I can remember. But there was Bakelite. A lot of things were Bakelite, like hair dryers, picnic sets. They were all made out of Bakelite, weren't they? And that was slowly replaced by plastic later on that email was someone commenting on one of my videos yeah i make these videos about old radios and aerials and things like that and there's always one isn't there there's always one most people say oh great video thanks for the info love the video there's, there's always one oh you've got that wrong this isn't right you said this and it's not right oh there's always one i just say oh thank you for correcting me and leave it at that even though they haven't corrected me because i'm right they're wrong, I've won. <laughs> I quite enjoy making the videos. I enjoy doing the podcasts. I love the podcasts. What was that? Something else is dinging. There's dinging. There's bl- Oh, here we go. What's that? There's drilling in the street. <laughs> Things are getting quite busy here down on the south coast of the UK. The sun's shining. I haven't mentioned the weather, have I? Oh, dear. How remiss of me. The sun's shining. We've had quite a bit of rain recently. The other night, we were meant to have gale force winds. Well, that didn't really happen. I think we miss quite a lot of the weather down here on the coast. I'm only a mile from the sea on the south coast. And we're in a little bit of a bay here, if you look at the map. Look at Worthing. And we are protected by the South Downs. Very often over the Downs, the other side of the Downs, daughter lives in Haywards Heath. In the winter, they get thick snow and we don't get anything. In the summer, it's warm here and they've got a heat wave. So the downs, we don't get the extremes, I don't think. We're protected, which is quite good, actually. What we do get in the summer, which is awful sometimes, it's a lovely day, and then, I don't know, lunchtime, suddenly the temperature plummets and there's a mist. It's a sea mist coming in. And it comes in right, obviously, from the sea. (laughs) I was going to say it comes in from the sea. Well, a sea mist would, wouldn't it, really? It would come in from the sea. And it comes in at least a a mile, because we're about a mile from the sea. And it is freezing. The sea mist is really cold. 
And you know, that can ruin a, a, what was a beautiful summer day. But of course, over the other side of the downs, they don't get sea mist over there. It's too far. I know I'm being repetitive. I ask you every week, how are you doing in lockdown? All right, you're still coping. And I keep saying this every week. And I said, no apologies for being repetitive. We're getting there. The temperature is rising every week. The evenings are getting lighter. I go on about this. Do I go on about this every year? Every single year. After Christmas, I always say, that's it. That's Christmas out of the way. Now we've got the spring to look forward to. And of course, what happens is here in the UK, the summers are fairly short. Unlike in Australia, you know, where most of the year it's summer, isn't it? And the summer arrives. I'm thinking, oh, great. Summer's here at last. Before I know it, the evenings are getting darker. Hello, it's bonfire night, you know, Guy Fawkes night. Hang on, they're counting down the days to Christmas on the radio. No, I mustn't. No, stop, I mustn't do that. What do they call it? Sink the ship before it sailed or something. We haven't even got spring. When is spring? I keep meaning to find out. When is spring? They're now banging in the road. I think they're putting up scaffolding. A lot of banging and poles being bashed around. <laughs> so, yes, the evenings are getting lighter. Uh, the weather's getting warmer. And the street's getting noisier. It's becoming noisier by the week. So, yes, lockdown. How are you doing? I asked you that, didn't I? I'm doing okay, apart from my haircut. Um, oh, the frog spawn in the pond isn't doing anything. Uh, we've had one or two quite cold nights. I hope it hasn't killed it. Uh, I think I told you I've covered it with wire netting to stop the birds eating it. But we're still in lockdown, of course. So it's a bit difficult for people to... I mean, we do chat. I said my sister-in-law turned up this morning. She stopped in her car outside and we were, well, we were at least, what, 10 feet? They say two metres apart. We were at least three or four metres apart while we were chatting. Uh, while she was looking at my hair and suggesting I look like Friar Tuck. So, yes, we are. I think what's going to help, as I've said before, again, repetitive, what is really going to help is this warmer weather. We, my wife and I, we sat outside early under the patio roof and it was really nice. We had a coffee out there, looked at the, we got rabbits, we watched the rabbits and we looked at the blue sky and, and listened to the drills and saws and scaffolding people. No, they weren't there then, it was all right. But no, it's great. It's great with the warmer weather. I'm looking over the South Downs now. I'm looking north to the South Downs. I'm pointing as if you look, I'm pointing as if you could see me. I don't know why I do that gesticulating. That was Magnus Magnusson, wasn't it? Do you remember him? Or was it Magnus Pike? Again, you'll correct me. No, Magnus Magnusson, he did um, the quiz in the chair, the mastermind. Magnus Pike, wasn't it? The one that used to gesticulate, wave his arms all over the place. But what I was saying was, I can't see one, it's like one cloud over the South Downs to the north of me, just one cloud, all blue sky. Cold out there, but blue sky, really nice sunshine. I've just checked online when spring starts officially. One place, uh, one website says 20th of March. Another one says the 1st of March for the Northern Hemisphere. This is the trouble with the internet, isn't it? it there's so much information and so much of it is contradictory. So is it the 1st of March or the 20th? I don't know. <laughs> what is the point? Different websites saying different things. Hang on, I shall go back online and have another look. Right, I've got it now. The 1st of March is the first day of spring. That's what everyone agrees on in the Northern Hemisphere. The 20th of March 
is the, what is it, the vernal equinox. So spring starts on the vernal equinox, whatever that is. Okay, I'm going to go with the 1st of March because we're now, where are we? We're halfway through March, more than halfway through. So this is spring at long last. We are in spring. Now the next question, when does summer start? Now this is something I've never understood. Summer begins on the 21st of June. Okay, that's easy to understand. The longest day, okay, in other words, the the peak, should be the peak of summer, is the 21st of June. So how can summer begin on the 21st of June if that is the longest day? The longest day being the, the sun is at its highest, for example, here in the UK, well, the Northern Hemisphere they're talking about. So if the sun is highest on the 21st of June, surely that should be midsummer. Well, I don't care what the date is as long as the sun comes out. Just going back to toys for a minute, teddy bears were hugely popular and all other soft toys. I remember people used to make them. My grandmother used to make not teddy bears as such, but sort of, I don't know, people, you know, arms, legs and a head. And she'd knit them, you know, knitting. Everyone knitted back then and stuff them full of old, I don't know, bits of material or whatever was to hand. And they made, you know, fantastic toys. And of course, you could tailor make them, I suppose. One more thing before I go. We've got the dustman here again. I don't know how, I think the dustmen are coming every day to our street. Yeah, one more thing before I go. Uh, we had a rocking horse. Now, the top of the horse's head must have been probably five feet. It was a huge thing. You had to climb up the horse to get onto it. You, know, you couldn't just sit on it. It was a huge thing. You could put an adult on it, apart from kids. Uh, and it was all, you know, the, the wooden frame at the bottom was made out of oak. Probably worth a fortune these days. The tail was, I remember that, and the mane, it was real horse hair. Probably worth a fortune. Uh, but most of the toys, uh, if I think back, there was a till. If you wanted to sort of pretend you had a shop, you had this till thing made out of tin. There were tanks. Uh, you know, wartime type tanks, again made out of tin, trains, trucks, cars, uh, toy cranes with a, a bit of string and a hook on the end so you wind the handle. All these tin toys, which again are like the rocking horse, worth a fortune these days. Should have hung on to it all, really. Anyway, I think that'll do. Have you had enough? In that case, <laughs> if you've had enough, I'll stop here. Right, raise rants. Okay, raiserants at protonmail.com. Send me an email and tell me what you think. A load of rubbish. Be nice to hear from you. And uh, have a good, where are we, Sunday? Have a good week. I shall see you next Wednesday with the midweek message. And of course, again next Sunday. So take care. Look after yourselves during lockdown. Fingers crossed for the sunshine. Bye bye for now.